All right, welcome in to Bird Droppings, Episode 9. Today, we're talking college baseball. Here we go. All right, so this weekend was the start of the NCAA tournament in college baseball. 16 teams hosted regionals, each consisting of four teams. And it got crazy pretty quickly. Over 105 games, there were 10 instances of a team scoring 20 or more runs. That's insane. That doesn't happen often at all. You had number two, Stanford beat Binghamton 20-7. to Number 15, Maryland beat Long Island 23-2. to Georgia beat Hofstra 24-1. Vanderbilt beat New Mexico State 21-1. Auburn, number 14 Auburn, beat Florida State 21-7. Number 4, Virginia Tech beat Columbia 24-4. Arkansas beat number 7, Oklahoma State 20-12. Number 7, Oklahoma State came back and beat Missouri State 29-15. Number 12, Louisville beat Michigan 20-1, and Ole Miss, to advance to a Super Regional, beat Arizona 22-6. It was crazy. There were runs everywhere. In Stillwater, in a three-game period, they had over 100 runs scored. It was nuts. Every game in that regional was high-scoring and nerve-wracking because it felt like every time something big was needed by one of the teams— Somebody hit a two- or three-run home run, or somebody hit a bases-clearing double. The pattern that we ended up seeing playing out was that over 105 games, at least by my count, 14.22 runs per game were scored. That's high-scoring baseball. There weren't that many two-to-one games out there. If you take the Greenville Regional out that was super low-scoring the whole time, Those numbers jump even more. If you look at just Stillwater, Stillwater was nuts. Five of the seven games exceeded that 14.22 runs per game average that the whole tournament had across the board. One game more than doubled and another more than tripled. The average runs scored in Stillwater were 21.14 runs per game. That's insane. I mean, this is... Somewhat of an unprecedented year in college baseball. Just look at the Pac-12 tournament where we had a 25-22 game to force a championship final, a winner-take-all between UCLA and Oregon State. But in this part of the regionals, we haven't seen this type of offensive output since the 90s and the Gorilla Ball era when this stuff was much more common. And yes, probably a lot of it has to do with Pitching staffs have been really taxed this year. There have been a lot of injuries. A lot of arms have gone down. A lot of big-name arms have gone down in college baseball. And, you know, when you go into a regional where you're potentially having to play four or five games, uh, it's hard on a team in, to do that over a three-, four-day stretch. Uh, and, you know, it shows when you see some of these outputs. When you see 
when you see an Oklahoma State team go down to Missouri State 12 to nothing and then outscore them 29 to 3 the rest of the way I mean that's insane that's crazy that's unheard of and you know we we have gotten some interesting some some good moments some moments that spark conversation and debate uh you've got the back and forth between Oklahoma State and Arkansas. We saw Rock Reggio hit a couple home runs, have a couple different uh, trots around the bases, uh, kind of hit him with the Captain Jack Sparrow that got some backlash, which, you know, I don't have as much of a problem with. I know a lot of people got upset by it. Um, and then you had him hit a home run later against Arkansas and sprint around the bases in 16 seconds. Um yeah, you know, stuff like that's going to – I don't love it. I don't have – I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not going to love the player much for doing that. But um, by all means, you hit a home run, celebrate it within reason. Don't be like Tennessee. Don't be like Jordan Beck. And when you hit a double – that scores some runs to tie the game, to take the lead, you're flipping off the outfield. Like, what are we doing? That's that's a line where now you're disrespecting the game of baseball. That's like, yes, you're out there competing. Yes, it's, it's intense. Yes, it's high-level, high-leverage situations. But that's... That's Bush League. That's garbage. Georgia Tech's out there competing just the same as you. Treat them with some respect. But, you know, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of what this Tennessee team's been this year. Starts with the head, man, and it permeates throughout the program, and it permeates throughout the fan base. Yes, they're really good. They're so talented. Easily the most talented team in the country. Easily the favorites to win the World Series. And they're just looked at the advanced stats for their Super Regional against Notre Dame. 81% chance, according to the predictive metrics, to win their Super. Make no mistake, Tennessee is in a College World Series championship or bust situation because of the way they act. Because how they handle themselves on the field. If you're going to be that arrogant, if you're going to be that up to the line and potentially over the line, as we've seen, there's been multiple instances all year of stuff that I think is childish and dumb. Starting with the head coach, you have to win it all. Because the whole country wants them to lose. Everybody in America wants Tennessee to lose. Everybody wants this season to blow up. Honestly, I find myself in that group too. I just I don't love the way that Tennessee handles themselves. Granted, they are phenomenal for college baseball because when you have a villain like this, when you have somebody who is the heel of of a sport and it 
the rest of the country can unite against kind of like Duke and basketball with Coach K, kind of like the Yankees. I mean, it makes it, it draws attention to the sport. It makes it more entertaining. And I mean, it just, it just draws eyeballs and that's, and that's what college baseball needs. So as much as I don't love what Tennessee does, I don't think you can deny that they aren't good for college baseball. And if you're a college baseball fan, or if you're one somebody that wants to grow college baseball, baseball and its national footprint, you kind of want Tennessee to run all the way to the finals. And then if they lose, oh, if they lose in, in the championship, then you're going to see everybody, everybody coming after them on social media, and that'll be fun. That'll be good. That'll draw more attention and potentially, and this and that Tennessee fan base will fight everybody on Twitter. It'll be good to have that, to get that attention, to get that engagement, and maybe they can reload and make another run at it. Or if they win the whole thing, maybe they can reload and win another one. But yeah, that that Tennessee team is really good. Although they didn't breeze through the regional quite like you would think, which was a little shocking. A lot of teams didn't. Not many teams just breezed through it. There weren't many three and outs, like win all three and you're through. You saw a lot of teams struggle. Tennessee struggled a little bit. Stanford struggled a ton. And if you saw that game last night, late last night, Texas State battled their butts off. Ha- scored two in the ninth to take a three to one lead. And then Stanford comes up and goes solo home run, solo home run. First two batters of the ninth inning. And then you have your next hitter up, who at that point had been nine for his last ten, singles to left. Advances to second base. And all of a sudden, it's second and third. He got a pinch hitter, a freshman, and he plays the role of the hero. And Stanford advances. Elsewhere, you had battles where Louisville perhaps was fortunate after a review that appears to still be wrong to have it go their way and then help generate a little more offense to allow them to beat Michigan. Maryland, in a winner-take-all game yesterday, kind of swinging bunt up the first baseline in a crucial moment. Runner sprinting all out to first base. UConn's pitcher tries to make a play and throw it to first. Throws it back into the field of play, and the first baseman gets taken out by the runner. And that created a big controversy because the umpires called the runner out for interference. Well, that creates another debate because the baseline to first base makes no sense. (laughs) First base is in the field of play. The baseline is in foul territory. 
if you're running, and we all know the fastest and the sh- shortest, shortest course between two points is a straight line. So for a batter to run in a straight line from home plate to first base, they have to, in some capacity, run in fair territory. And the way the rules of baseball are written, it's not allowed. And that's stupid. Because if you make them run in foul territory and then kind of stick their foot out to the side to hit the bag... Well, then you're putting the runner at risk of knee injuries. Because we've seen that plenty of times the way it is right now. It would only get worse if they're trying to run to the right and then as they run by it, stick a leg out and hit the back. We've seen Bryce Harper famously hurting his knee, hyperextending his knee at first base. I, I don't want that in the game. I think... There are some concepts out there of creating a almost like extension of the base into foul territory that functions in a way that allows it creates a safer play at first base because there's no instance where the runner potentially cleats the first baseman. There's less instances where the first baseman would end up in the way of the runner and there'd be a potential collision, but extend the base into foul territory. You can still have the play, and then the base functions the exact same way it has always after the play happens, but it's safer. Maryland got robbed there, and then it snowballed on them, and they lost, and UConn's going to a Super Regional. Congrats to UConn. They've played very well this year. They deserve to be in a Super Regional, but I don't think Maryland deserved to have that opportunity taken from them the way it was. Then you have Miami down in Coral Gables. They don't make it out. And the last team, the team that everybody thinks is the final team to get in this tournament, Ole Miss, goes down there and kills everyone. Their captain, Tim Elko, yesterday hits three home runs and a 22-6 shellacking of Arizona. There's just so many storylines with this college baseball season. And it's so entertaining to watch. I mean, today, it's literally announced that Tennessee, the entire weekend rotation, is going to be on the college baseball team, USA team. Jim Slosnagel at Texas A&M in his first year is going to a Super Regional and had to go through his old team, TCU, on the way. I mean, there's just so, there's so much meat on the bone when we get to the NCAA tournament for college baseball. There's so many storylines. It's so much fun to watch. You had an Auburn team that in its last 10 games going into the postseason had scored 45 runs, 46 runs, I think, in three games in the Auburn Regional. They scored 51. In their first game against Southeastern Louisiana, This offense that's been sputtering, well, they get their second baseman back, Cole Foster, who'd been out for three weeks since game one of the Alabama series where he hurt his oblique. Well, he hits a home run from the right side because it's a lefty pitcher. He's he's a switch hitter. 
No doubter. Hits it, instantly knows. Well, Auburn keeps scoring. Bobby Pierce hits a home run. And Cole Foster comes back up in the first inning. This time, righty's on the mound, hitting from the left side. And he hits a no-doubter home run to right field. He's not even the only person to do that on the day, which is crazy. You see, you had a guy do that. But what's even crazier about it is that's something, a home run from both sides of the plate in the same inning. So many variables have to take place there. You have to have a switch hitter that has popped to hit a home run. Your team has to have a huge inning. They have to have a pitching change where they're throwing from a different side. And you got to be perfectly placed in the order where you can get to at-bats in this big inning. In Major League Baseball, it's happened three times. Ironically, one of them is Mark Bellhorn, former Auburn player. But Auburn wins 19-7. to Then they turn around in Game 2 against FSU, a team that they always see in the postseason. And they shred them. 21 to 7. 40 runs in two games. The only other team that can really say that in this tournament is Oklahoma State, just because they had the 29 point absurd outburst against Missouri State. Well, then Auburn plays UCLA in the championship and they beat them 11 to 4. And they handle their business and look dominant in the process. Joseph Gonzalez pitched well. Bullpen was solid. Trace Bright was solid. Mason Barnett looked awesome against UCLA on Saturday night before the game got suspended, or on Sunday night before the game got suspended and moved to Monday. The offense was clicking top to bottom. Everybody had good days. Mike Bellow in the nine hole had good days. Brody Moore couldn't get out, had a five for five day. Cason Howell had three doubles. Cole Foster in the first game had three home runs and a double, which is crazy. Sonny Desharia hit multiple home runs. Bobby Pierce hit a few home runs. Nate LaRue hit a couple home runs on the first day. Top to bottom, everybody in that lineup produced. That was a lineup that scored 46 runs in the previous 10 games. And they scored 51 and 3. And they dominated their regional unlike any other team in college baseball this weekend. And then they go draw the number three team in the country, Oregon State, in Corvallis this next weekend. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Especially because it's going to be a great matchup because Oregon State hasn't quite shown the pop that Auburn showed this past weekend. Pitching's there, but it'll be a fascinating matchup. So now we end up with these Super Regionals this weekend where we have number one Tennessee hosting Notre Dame. Number two Stanford hosting UConn. Number three Oregon State hosting number 14 Auburn. Number four Virginia Tech hosting Oklahoma. Number five Texas A&M hosting number 12 Louisville. Number 11 Southern Miss hosting Ole Miss. That'll be fun. Number 10, North Carolina hosting Arkansas. And number 8, East Carolina hosting number 9, Texas. Ironically, if you look at that one, 
the advanced stats would tell you that Texas has a very good chance to go in there and win that, which I don't doubt. Now we're down to 16. You've got two from the Pac-12, four from the ACC, two from the Big 12, one from the American, one from the Big East, one from Conference USA, and no surprise, five from the SEC. Honestly, should have probably been more from the SEC. A couple teams botched it down the stretch. But, yeah, no, it's going to be... It's going to be fascinating to watch how this plays out. I really just can't wait for another weekend of college baseball. And with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode today. I will be back later this week with another one. Uh, See you all then.